0: Peace, peace, and welcome to another episode of Cook on Monday Morning. At Cook on Monday Morning, we are building lives that make us excited about Monday morning. We believe that if you can own Monday morning, you can own the week. If you can own the week, you can own the year. And if you can change your year, you can change your life. So this is uh, a big moment for Cook on Monday Morning because I have a bona fide, certified, undefeated, undisputed, the, I wrote it down so I didn't mess it up. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: the WBA super well t- wait, champion, San Francisco's own, uh, the only woman that I don't know whether to ask out or to uh, <laughs> duck if I see her coming. Miss Raquel Miller is a proud daughter of the great city of San Francisco, Absolutely. a graduate of our public schools, uh, is representing our city tremendously well as uh, a great champion and is an inspiration to, I think, uh, women and anyone that is interested in pursuing something worth doing. The pretty beast.
1: Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited, you know, to be a part of your podcast and just to kind of talk, especially being that you're from my city. Um, I think that's dope. And I'm excited just to kind of talk and be able to kinda of go over some San Francisco stuff, some Bay Area stuff. So I think yeah. that's dope.
0: No, I appreciate it because I know you're really busy. Uh and I'm sure you get a lot of media requests just to <laughs> let everybody know she was incredibly generous with and and and, and available. So um you're Not a dope problem. person. I appreciate it. Not a
1: problem.
0: <laughs> so you went you went to Gal, right?
1: Um, I did go to Gal. Um, I've been to numerous San Francisco schools. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to McIntyre before. I've been to Galileo before. I went to 1950 before. I went oh. to Study before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 1950.
1: <laughs> yes, I did go 1950. 1950, I was like, you know, I need to get my life together. I do mm-hmm. not, you know, like, I'm not the greatest kid, but. Nineteen fifty was a bit much, and I was like, you know, Mom, I'm gonna do right. <laughs> I'm not gonna stay here. So, but yeah, so I've been to a couple of schools in San Francisco.
0: I uh, I Wikipedia'd you, so.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I actually feel kind of special that I have a Wikipedia. That's so funny. Like I oh. haven't really got to check it out and see it. So I need to Google it so I can see what. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I need to check it out.
0: Well, yeah, I just found out that we're the we're the same age, and yeah, so we
1: okay. and sexy. You. What's that? Say, grown and sexy. There you go. Yes.
0: Um, and so we might know some of the same people. And it's like, a, it's a trip because if there's some other prominent Black San Franciscans that are doing interesting, important things. And, uh, and, you know, our circles were so small, but we never crossed paths. And so that was the surprising part. I was like, dang, I never, I never really heard about you, I guess, until I got back from college and was an adult. Did, okay. you, did you go to school? Did you go to college?
1: Um, yeah, so at first I went to City initially I was gonna to go to San Francisco State and then I took the entrepreneurial route and was like, you know what? Um I wanna focus on traveling, I wanna focus on boxing and so that kind of just took me out of that room. So maybe when I'm done with boxing I'll go and I'll get a degree, potentially. Um, uh, yeah. Potentially, maybe. Just potentially, I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. So potentially.
0: Are you currently preparing for a fight? Is that happening? So right? at
1: the time, I'm currently not preparing for a bout, but I'm always just training and just staying ready. It's been really challenging right now with the whole COVID thing. Um, I haven't had a official date as of yet. It's been pretty challenging, but you know we're still working. We're hoping to get a date pretty soon,
0: and I would love to close this year off with
1: um, my 11th win.
0: No. All right, so some San Francisco stuff. Let's do it. What's the best burrito spot in San Francisco?
1: I like um 24 Permission spot right on that corner.
0: Uh-huh. Um, That's like
1: Yes, and I like the one on 16th, too. I think it's El Faro. So Pancho
0: Villa?
1: Yeah, Pancho Villa. I actually know that. They sponsored me
0: before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually know that. But I like they, they shrimp nachos. It's fire. So those are my favorite um, go-tos for burritos.
0: Okay. Um, best sandwich spot.
1: I think the best sandwich spot, and forgive me because I never know the name, but the best sandwich spot in San Francisco was that one that's like almost across the street from the Bible pool.
0: Oh, uh, look, that's I think. What?
1: That's the one.
0: Yeah, that's the one. That's definitely the best one. Yeah, that's all. That's, that's how you know she's bonafide. Yes,
1: yeah, so definitely uh, in the city. I'm the city um, girl with the shop.
0: Yeah. Uh, When was the last time you were here?
1: Um, I don't come home that much anymore. Like I, like I I need to. Um, I've been. I came home. I came home for Mother's Day. Okay. Yeah. Wait. I think I came home after that too. But I don't really come home that much. But I'm gonna do better. I don't like the cold weather anymore. I'm just over the cold weather Bay Area. Like I'm over cold weather. I don't like the cold. So that's one of the reasons why I don't really always want to go home. Would be cold and um. You know, it's different at um, home. There's a different environment at home. It's not always a positive environment at home. So, um, yeah, I don't always go home. But I think I went home maybe like, I think I went home on Mother's Day. I knew I went home for Mother's Day, but I think maybe, I can't remember. I'm like, did I go again after that? I probably did. I think I did one more time. But I don't really go home, pretty much. But I love home. That's that's who I am. It's it's rooted inside of me. But, you know, home brings out a different Raquel. So,
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I can tell in the way you talk that you're from the Bay too. That you're from the city, and and in the interviews that I've seen of you, you definitely represent the city like in a, a very proud and fine way. And I and I appreciate that. Um, I love
1: home. that's that's what made me who I am. So um, it's rooted in me, um, mm-hmm. the Bay Area. I love the Bay Area. I love the mm-hmm. culture. I love the food. I don't think there's any place like the Bay Area. I hate that it's being gentrified so much that it's changing and that some of our city staples are really not the same anymore. And that makes me sad too. When I go home, if it's not the same, we can't turn down no streets. You know, they like feel this way. I be want to have like something on my license and say I'm an original San Francisco. It <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, uh, I don't like what they do doing to the city, but you know, whatever it is.
0: What do. Did you uh, did you come across London coming up?
1: London Bree. Mm -hmm. Mayor, Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't. I really want to meet her. I think that she is amazing. Um, I'm really inspired by her. So I'm really hoping to meet her pretty soon. I'm going to come home and I'm definitely planning to meet you. And then I'm just like really inspired by her. I think she's a beautiful person. I love what she's doing for the city. I love how she's representing. So that's definitely on my to-do list.
0: Yeah, I think y'all can get, we'll get along. She has like, um, in all my experiences with her, she's just like hella charming. And uh, she, you know, I'm rooting for her. I'm rooting for her like I'm rooting for you. Thank you. you thank know? you. Yes. I crush on her like I'm crushing on
1: you. <laughs> rooting for everybody black, you know, all the time. And that's real, you know. And oh, thank you. I feel flattered, but I'm really just I'm inspired. Even um, Malia Cohen, you know, I'm inspired by her as well. She's doing her thing. You know, women are definitely stepping up and handling business. So I'm inspired. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah let's let's talk about your relationship status. I mentioned that we were going to
1: come on. Okay. <laughs> Usually, they always. I have give to give you a stop heads boxing. up. I, you
0: know? you, I did give you a heads up. I, okay, well, if yeah. But I,
1: it doesn't matter. We can shoot the breeze. Um, yeah, that's so cool. You ask, I'm gonna answer it honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. I do have some questions related to like dating as a professional fighter, right? Okay. Are you are you single?
1: So I am single. Okay. Yes. It's so funny. You're like one of the only interviewers to get it out of me. <laughs>
0: That's
1: funny, But, you know, my supporters and fans are going to be happy because they always ask, i never answer. Um, but yes, I am single.
0: Okay. When people approach you that don't know you, that want to date you and they find out you're a fighter, what's the response like?
1: Um, To be honest, when I meet guys, if they don't already know that I'm a fighter, I don't really tell guys that I'm a fighter. Sometimes I'm just like, uh, I don't really want to hear the typical response of, oh, I'm scared of you, don't hit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. And then sometimes I just think that some men could be intimidated by you being a fighter. Um, and so unless I feel comfortable with you and I kind of want to talk to you and I want to let you in to know, like, you know, this is what I do and so on, then I just kind of say, oh, I'm a personal trainer. <laughs> That's like my little <laughs> <promo too. laughs> say, I'm a personal trainer. But, but sometimes I get guys that are very, um, very supportive. Um, mm. I have guys that are very supportive. Um, and I think sometimes guys are intimidated. I think the ideal of dating me and actually dating me is different um, Mm -hmm. given the fact that a lot of people, the the lifestyle of a fighter is very lonely. Um, It's very um, strict and regimented during fight camp. You know, you just kind of have like a pretty regimented life and a lot of people can't really understand that lifestyle. So that's a big reason why I'm single because... Everyone doesn't get it. They like it and they'll be like, hey, what's up? You wanna come hang out? I'm like, no, nah, I gotta go run. I uh-huh. <laughs> gotta make wait. Or I gotta do this. They're like, yo, you wanna hang out? I'm like, no, nah, I gotta. So this mm-hmm. doesn't always work out, but I feel like the right man will understand it. Uh
0: you, you mentioned the difference, like there's a an ideal and there's a the reality. Like what yes. is the what is the what do people get wrong? What's the misconception?
1: Um, I think that the biggest misconception is well, I don't even know if it's a misconception. I just think that people don't really understand the lifestyle. And what I mean by that is it's like when I'm in fight mode and I'm about to fight, I'm a different person. Um, mm. It ain't always pretty. Sometimes it's just beasts. Mm. And I think that sometimes people don't really understand. Like, oh, you could just have a little drink. But no, nah, I can't drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, come on. We better go kick it. And are like, no, nah, I can't kick it. Mm. And it's for an extended period of time. So it's not like this is like one or two days. This is like usually like a month month and a half two months so it's just like um it takes a special kind of person to really understand your lifestyle and want to be a part of that type of lifestyle because you know it looks cute you see a little picture oh she barks oh she cute that's cute but no i really fight you know what i mean like it's really what i do and it's a big part of my life and a lot of times i feel like guys don't really understand that and then also the aspect of i'm constantly around a lot of men you know a lot of my closest friends are men um I'm constantly around men. You know, it's usually it's a male-dominated sport. So if a man is not confident with who he is and confident to know, like you know, this is what we're doing. I love you, and so on and so forth. Then it won't work either because some of my best friends are guys. You know, and you know it's blood in, blood out. You know, we, you know, you spend enough time in the gym when you grinding and you, you know, supporting each other and y'all struggling with ups and downs. You develop a family. So a person has to come in and understand that and want to be a part of that family and want to come and be a part of that gym culture so that they feel confident in it and feel comfortable and understand that there's no BS going on. Like, it's literally like we in here grinding. we really family, you know, blood in, blood out. And so somebody has to be open to experience that and be okay with that.
0: Yeah, I and mean, because of the, the, the notoriety that you've built in your career at this point, you know, the, the types of people you're around to are probably like, celebrity or entertainment people is that is that the case or no
1: um i've met some celebrities um i'm pretty cool with a lot of um the you know well-known boxers or whatnot mm-hmm. um i'm really centered with my circle um mm-hmm. i'm not kind of for the hype i'm not for the bs i kind of keep my circle small Um i know people you know some of them know me some of them don't but that's not really my lane. I kind of stay in my lane. I'm a really um, private person when it comes to like who's in my life and who's in my circle, and I'm very um, strict about that. And I don't really let people in my circle that don't care what your status is. <laughs> you can be famous, you can be amazing, whatever, but if I don't really feel like your energy matches with my energy, or that you know I really want you in my circle and in my life, then
0: no. Is that a tug pull for you because you are in entertainment and. And, you know, building a name and being on the scene can be beneficial to your career.
1: That's definitely a challenge for me, because naturally, I'm just like, I'm a very outgoing person. Um, People love me. I love people. But if I didn't box, I wouldn't have social media. I would just be living my life and just doing whatever I want to do. So it's definitely a challenge for me to, you know, share more you know, be more open. And so that's why I try to share my vacations and I try to share, you know, some of my life because I want people to understand who I am and not just the boxer. But it could be very challenging because sometimes you want to keep, you know, some stuff private. Like, you know, like my dating life. I don't date anyway. (laughs) But I did date, you know, more likely it's going to be private. It's not not like a very, you know, public person when it comes to stuff like that. And I'm just, you know, so I have to do better with, you know, sharing because a lot of people want to see the real, journey of it and not just kind of what's for TV so to speak so that's one of my challenges and that's why I'm going to start a podcast pretty soon because I want people to know who Raquel Miller is you know why I box and how I'm more than just a boxer so that's coming I did my first test run um, on the 5th so I'm pretty excited about that and that's a way for me to get out of my comfort zone because I'm not a very shy person so to speak but then I can be shy at times. Mm -hmm. I don't always go live I'm not like you know, always in your face. So I want to do better to kind of give people that support me a better in-depth idea of who I am, what I represent, you know, what I believe in, and so on.
0: Yeah, let's get into some of that, what you represent, what you believe. Absolutely. So we're 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 it's an interesting time in the country.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: we're coming upon a presidential election.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh athletes in general are much more vocal in this generation. Yes. Um, There's so many places to start. Uh, The Breonna Taylor verdict or the grand jury findings were just released. What is not just on that topic specifically, but where do you feel like the country is right now? Like, what are you what are you observing?
1: I feel like the country is in shambles. I feel very heartbroken about the Breonna Taylor um, Mm -hmm. case. I feel as a black woman, I feel very unprotected. Um, I also think that it's bigger than just arresting the officers who murdered her. I feel like it's dismantled the system, which made it okay to murder her and for them to get away with it. I personally didn't think that they were going to be um, charged with anything. I felt like the law was set up to protect them. Um, And even though I feel like they did a lot of things wrong and they murdered her, I feel like until we dismantle the system that allows them to do that, then we will constantly lose. Um, I hate that it feels like um, all of the race and all the stuff going on is just kind of like, I feel like it was simmered down for a while and a lot of stuff was kind of um, underhanded and not so blatant. And now with this idiot Trump in office and all of this political nonsense, it's um, it's pretty much in your face. Um, and I don't think that it's just Trump. I honestly feel like um, our votes count, but I think that they count more in the sense of the, you know, House, the Senate, the laws that are passed is not just on the president. I think that a part of that I feel like is a puppet. And I think that until people really get a hang of more than just the president, you know, everyone needs to vote for your local representative, your local supervisors, you know, the House, the Senate, you know, stuff that really affects us and not just kind of the propaganda, which is all like, you know, I think Trump is just like an idiot, he has no tack, but I also think that he's kind of a, a ploy, for lack of better words. And I think that there's a lot of other really big issues going on that we need to be focused on. And I think that as a black woman, and I love, you know, I love my people, Uh, And I have friends of all races, but I'm still a black woman first. And I feel like until we get a hold of loving ourselves, it's hard for other people to love us. And we don't just, I'm not at a point in my life where I'm not to beg nobody for nothing. Like, I'm not begging you to tell me my life matter. I know my life matter. I know my (laughs) rights. I don't, I believe in arming yourself. I believe in, um, you, you know, and I think a community that's well organized has to do more than just shout for change. I think it needs to be systematic. I think it needs to be um, financial. I think it needs to be educational. And I think it needs to really be in hand out. Like let's love ourselves. Let's, you know, protect each other. Let's support each other's businesses. Let's teach each other about financial independence. Let's do more than just shout for Black Lives Matter because it's bigger than that.
0: You touched on a lot that... uh I agree with, and I want to dive deeper on. And I know that there's, there's some there's action, bless you, <clears throat> you. There's action that you've taken uh, to start to do this stuff that you that you're talking about right now. Like I know you have like a um, a clothing line uh, that I want to get into. Um, but on on the point of local representatives, I might have told you I'm on the school board in San Francisco, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm elected. So-
1: Oh, yeah. Like,
0: congratulations, that's awesome. We need that. Yeah. That's- so uh, I was elected in 2016. Okay. The day that Trump was elected, I was elected.
1: Mm. You know, <laughs> what an anniversary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And and the push to improve schools, you know, it's been happening for like since before Brown versus Board, right? Mm-hmm the the big disconnect that i always saw with the amount of attention paid to trump was the amount of uh systemic issues that were unresolved locally Mm -hmm. and so my thing that i would often get back to people is that trump didn't put all those black people in the jail or their arrest rate in your city Mm -hmm. isn't what it is because of donald trump exactly who's your who's your chief of police yeah yeah
1: who's your chief of police and you know and, and just understanding that like politics they've never been for us <laughs> they still not gonna be for us you know i feel like this is the less of two evils i don't think you know biden is that great either you know uh, and that's just my honest opinion do i think that votes matter yeah go vote you know use your rights you know our a lot of our ancestors died for that so do what's necessary you know do what's true to you but also get in the habit of understanding economic power you know where are you putting your dollars you know it's like you can't be talking about black lives matter and this and that and then you spend all your money at gucci every time i go to the mall mm-hmm. i see this gucci store wrapped around the corner mm-hmm. with like a whole bunch of us and i'm like you know have you thought about investing in that gucci stock <laughs> you know like do you, you know what i'm saying like you've given all like, your money so it's like you can't be screaming about reparations but then once you get them you're gonna just give them all back like we have to really learn, we have to learn, we have to relearn a lot of stuff. And I feel like it's bigger than just shouting and jumping on a bandwagon. Like, you know, like I have a friend of mine, you know, it's, his name is Wall Street Trapper, and he's teaching the generations about, you know, how to invest, you know, how to build a portfolio, how to look at a company, like that's what we need in our system, you know, it's like in our school, in our communities. This is how we develop generational wealth, you know, this is how you take care of your body. That's why I always try to put juice in videos and I always try to show videos of me working out because health starts from the inside out, you know, and you have to be well rounded. Like, I'm trying to read, I'm working out, you know, I'm juicing, I'm fasting at times I'm detoxing, I'm, you know, working on my portfolio, my stocks. So I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm constantly trying to teach myself the things that I didn't learn growing up mm-hmm. because I think that that's what's necessary and it's going to take more than just, you know, screaming for anything that kind of comes up. Oh, um, I didn't this, you know, kind of pick a battle and you
0: know, stay solid and figure it out. Yeah, you need to add Dinner with Steve-On on that list somewhere for the okay. stuff that you <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the history of your career getting into boxing too, right? Because mm-hmm. you have a very oh, unique, God. like I'm like trying to fix the lighting on this. Mm-hmm. You? <laughs> you have a very unique journey because like, all right, so going from 1950, uh, which, for those who don't know, and Independence, those are continuation schools in the city. Um, so, as a student, I mean, when you say that to me, because I've had to oversee expulsions, you know, in the city, yeah, I, I know, I know what those names mean, right? Now, the amount of uh, self-sacrifice you've had to commit to to get to where you are, there's like you you, you operate at a, at a different level, and so like this whole idea of giving something up to go out and get it is uh, not everybody's like that. And it's not very common for for people to become like that if they've had a rough beginning, right. And so th- there's, like a, there's like this, there's like this self sufficiency thing that you're talking about, starting with the self improving the self. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what you want to see in our community, which I agree with, like, yeah. how, what was that transition like for you? Was that like, Hey, that's my sister in
1: the back. hey sister, what's up? But um the transition for me, honestly, <laughs> is I wanted to do better. I wanted better. I didn't want to be known for street fighting. I didn't want to be known for something negative. I remember growing up and feeling like mm-hmm. I didn't really have an option to fight. It was either fight or flight. Now I ain't got nowhere to run. So you gotta, you know, you gotta stay down. But um I just remember as I got older, like so younger, it was a situation where it's you know, you either gonna be eaten or you know what I'm saying, you gonna eat. And I've always been taught to eat. So it's like, you know, nobody was gonna, you know, take advantage of me or, you know, punk me. And that was just kind of the neighborhood I'm from San Francisco, i Point area. And I remember as I got older, I started working at law firms, and I started, you know, evolving and wanting to do better with my life. And I remember people coming to me and saying, oh, I remember you fought such and such. You know? And I remember this and that. And I remember it went from kind of like a stance of being proud, like, yes, yeah, so adult, don't, you know, say, don't play with me to, you know, like, I'm, I'm kind of doing something better with my life now. You know, I'm, I've grown up. That's not where, you know, I'm, I'm at in my life right now. And so it started for me wanting to prove that I was better than the street fighter. Mm -hmm. And then from that, it really turned into realizing that a lot of the people that I grew up with was looking for something positive to cling on to. same, some of the same girls that I had fought in these same streets was coming up to me, seeing me running in the neighborhood saying, you know, my son look up to you. My daughter look up to you. You know, keep going. Keep doing your thing. And that's powerful because then it becomes bigger than just, you know, Raquel from Hunter's point or Raquel. from. It becomes like, I am my community, you know, like I represent all of us and I didn't, Come from a good part of San Francisco. You know, we didn't have no silver spoon. I came from the hood. You know what I'm saying? I came from that. I lived that life. I've been expelled out of numerous schools. I've had numerous fights. I've carried guns. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you name it, I've lived that. And so to be able to show them that it's possible, that we don't have to have no silver spoon. We don't have to have no special way in. Just grind from the mud, get you a goal, stick to it, manifest on it, believe in yourself blood, sweat, and tears, stick it out. And so I still haven't got to accomplish what I really want to accomplish in boxing. Um, I'm not proud of myself yet, but I'm thankful that I've been on this journey for this long, that I've been able to inspire the people that I have, but I still got a lot more left. And, and
0: I and I really want to get into like the, your, your thought process around remaining committed, right? Because like all, like stick a goal, get a goal, stick to it, manifest on it. But like when it's early and you in bed, you know, and the pillow feels good. <laughs> like, do you have a, like, what, how do you get out of bed? Cause that's. Excuse me. For
1: me, it's really about
0: figuring out your why.
1: And. Excuse me. You hear that a lot when you listen to like the motivational speakers, the Eric Thomas and all of that. But that's generally what's going to get you there. Mm-hmm. You know, you literally got to had that burning desire because it's like I've left relationships, I've left home, you know, I've left coaches, I've missed birthdays, you know, um, anniversaries, you name it, I've missed it because I had to train or I had to box, I've missed Christmases, but I feel like my purpose is bigger than me. And if I have to sacrifice now to inspire a generation after me, if I have to sacrifice now to put my family in a better position then, you know, I'm putting it on my back and I'm riding with it. So mm. I think that through them seeing me working out, you know, constantly, they seeing me struggle in my career, bad contracts, bull crap, you know, phony nonsense that you're dealing with the politics. And they just see me still standing strong. It has to inspire them to be like, you know what, if she can do it, why can't I? Mm. Like, I'm just like you, like, I'm not, you know, some people were put in a position to win, like, they always try to count us out but if you counting me out you can't count mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's always been like that and it's always been for me like i had a, gotta prove to myself that i'm worthy i gotta prove to myself that i'm a world champion and i already know it it's time for the world to know it and so that's just a part of my why like i want to retire my mom you know i want my mom to look at me and know that all of the sacrifices that she made worth it all the time she had to come to schools. All of the times I had to use all her prayers. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of the times I had to call her, you know, all of that. Like, it's, it's all got to be worth it. And that's a part of my why, you know, all of them late nights, all of them fight, all of that has to be worth it. I have to show my community and my people that it's possible that we can come from the mud and make it to the mountaintop.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I um I, I love the the mentality of fighters, you know, I think I think I think fighting is, is definitely my favorite thing to watch, like the UFC. Um, I loved rooting for Floyd Mayweather because <laughs> because everybody hated him. I kind of like I, I kind of got I, I got clung, I clung to the villains like I used to love Terrell Owens for the similar reasons and anybody that's on that uh, at any cost, I'm committed to like pushing myself. I like to observe those people.
1: Okay.
0: So that's, I I appreciate you saying that and and being that. Um, For your business pursuits. Yes. Let's talk about the the Pretty Beast. Yes.
1: So the PP brand came from my fight, nickname of Pretty Beast. Pretty Beast started as a joke and ended up being kind of like it just stuck. And the PP brand is really about look good, feel good, handle your business and do good and not allowing anybody to put you in a box. And a lot of times when I tell people I'm a fighter, they're like, oh, you too pretty to be a fighter or you're not really a fighter. Let me see you throw a punch. But you don't have to look like a fighter to be a fighter. You just got to go and handle your business when it's time to. And so that's kind of where the brand came from. And I remember initially when I first started um, boxing, every fighter is like, or any athlete is like, you know, I want to be signed by Nike or Reebok or Puma. And so initially that was my goal, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to work really hard. and I'm going to get signed by them. And the more I kept evolving, I'm like, I don't need Nike or Reebok or anybody to validate who I am. Like I put in this blood, sweat and tears and I don't need to stamp your logo on me to make me feel special. Like I can create something that represents me. I can create something that I feel like represents all the people that believe in me, that supports me. Like, you know, I want to work hard. I want to look good in whatever I put on and I also don't want to be defined so I can be pretty and I can be a beast you know I can go hard I can be a mechanic if I want to as a woman and then turn around and put my high heels on and handle my business like I don't want to ever be defined by somebody else's standard and that's why I created my brand because I want people to feel good I want them to know you know working out and care of your body is really important and it's okay to look good in the process you know don't think that because you are a basketball player or whatever, you have to look macho and so on. I've got that a lot. i go, well, you don't feel like, you know, you got to look. I don't have to do anything but be me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's it. All you have to do, you can do whatever you want to do and do it your way. So it was like when they write my story in the history books, it's going to be she did her own thing. And she did it her way. And she created a gang of people that loved and supported this movement and wanted to be a part of this and mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, embrace that type of lifestyle. We work hard. We handle business, and we look good in the process.
0: Mm-hmm. So, well, what 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 is the type of merchandise? Where can, so I have, where can they be I Um
1: So my website is um thepvbrand.com. Um, it's on the social media. I keep it on my social media handles as well, um, and it's pretty much workout gear. I'm going to be adding more. Um, items pretty soon probably like within the next month I have more items gearing up for the holiday season getting everybody ready mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not trying to gain no holiday weight we did enough gaining weight through this whole uh-huh. pandemic uh-huh. so I'm you know I'm gearing up for the holiday season getting everybody ready but it's the pbbrand.com. Um you can also find it on my social media handles ms period Raquel Miller on Instagram um, Raquel Miller on Facebook and um, Miss Pretty Bees on Twitter So, and I also have on You wear, you know, we have like hoodies, sweatshirts, tracksuits, t-shirts, you know, baseball caps and stuff like that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I try to keep it fly. I like to think that I've always been a dresser and I've always liked clothes and it's just always something that's been a part of me. And now it's Mm -hmm. just like I get to, you know, express that type of side of me as well.
0: Yeah. In my my research on you, uh, I found the brand. And um, I'm committed to like buying whoever whoever comes on the show I want to buy whatever they do, you know, you. so i'm I'm gonna have my PB uh gear at yes, the, the
1: guys on my the, like the pure <laughs> edition for the guys and the pretty beast for the women, but then I'm also gonna have like a uh, classic collection for the guys So some of the guys are like, well, I'm a pretty beast too <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Coming, but
1: some of the line will be just like um really uh kind of understated it'll just have the logo it won't be a lot of the um verbiage on the on the clothing so right, it'll right. Be something for everybody you know if you mm-hmm. want to be pure to beast pure beast, or If you just kind of want to support the brand and you just like the material you like the product I'm, I'm with that too
0: yeah yeah and, and i was looking on your instagram and i saw you quoting nipsey
1: yes i love him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Talking about
1: Nipsey. yeah i just think that he was a real special gym. um i think that his mindset I think that his way of wanting to give back. I'll tell you an interesting story. I was reading something about Mipsy, and he said that he used to give water and snacks to the different, um, you know, workers in the community that was cleaning up the neighborhood or, you know, fixing the lights and stuff like that. And so now, well, right, since he passed away, I would see some of the workers outside my house, and I'd be like, you know, you want some water? You know, you want a snack? And it's my way of just kind of like always paying it forward and remembering just some of the small things, you know. i it's the small things. Of course, um, you know, you're very inspired just because he was so innovative and just, you know, ownership. But then also just the small things, you know, doing right by people, being a good person, seeing somebody that you know maybe giving use a drink of water and giving it to them. And I think that that's what kind of legacy I want to have in regards to like somebody do a good deed and be like, you know, what I'm saying thinking about me and say, you know what, she inspired me to want to do this or do that or help this person or. Do this, and I, and I like that a lot. So shout out to Nipsey. thank you, you know, for inspiring us all.
0: Yeah, amen. <laughs> and when you were talking about the uh, doing it on your own with your brand, yeah, I thought about like the Bay Area roots of independence, but also his story with like the marathon clothing brand and and all of that. So, who who are some of your inspirations?
1: Um, it's a great question. I think that one of my biggest inspirations. I really like Angela Bassett. I, mean, I really like Asada.
0: Oh, um, you kind of look like Angela Bassett. Okay. I
1: like Angela Bassett. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, I really like Asada. Um, okay. I, let me see, who's one I really love Muhammad Ali. He's one of my favorite people of all time. And I just think that he was a really special individual. Yeah. Um, who else? Let's see. Um, but Asada, I just finished reading her book again for the second time. I really like Angela Bassett. Um, and I just love dope people as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. I just love dope people as a whole. And I kind of take bits and pieces from all kind of different people, mm-hmm. all kind of different books, all kind of different people. The Alchemist is one of my favorite books. Um, I just feel like I'm one of those type of people where I just kind of want to know something about everything. I'm constantly trying to learn. I'm constantly, you know, watching documentaries. I'm constantly reading about some random weird event that happened. That's just me. So I'm inspired by a whole bunch of different things.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. curious. curious. <laughs> curious. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite punch? I
1: really like my left hook. Okay.
0: It's one of
1: my favorite punches. Okay. Um, it's one of our most snappy punches, and I just like it. I landed and it worked and there's money. I
0: like it. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> it's gotta work, yeah. Yes, it works. Yeah. Like it. yeah, no, I um I just started like uh training with somebody to to learn all the like you know, within the last two years to learn all okay. the actual ways to do a, a real jab and like mm-hmm. work. And so I was watching you. I was like, Oh oh yeah. She like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. like, like, <laughs> pop, pop, like footwork on point.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing I think once you actually start training or you start learning boxing, you start respecting boxers a whole lot more because you realize there's so much going on while we're in the ring. A lot of people think you're just in there fighting, but it's levels. It's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of, you know, strategic Planning going on, it's a whole bunch of thinking going on. It, it's a way more than just in your fighting for sure.
0: Right. I wanted to ask you about the um, <clears throat> getting into somebody's head uh, perception. Like, what you what your thoughts are on that? Um, how much it's a factor? The mind games.
1: I think it's a really big factor depending on the person. I think that if you're one of those kind of people that really um, can't take criticism and you know, really feed into somebody else's kind of antics, it's definitely going to affect you. I think that um, it's really just the person. Because, like, people will talk about me, um, you know, even, like, my opponents or girls that I'm going to potentially fight. And I'm honestly always in my own world. I should probably pay more attention to them because I don't. And I think that I've always been like that. Like, I've always been a leader. I've always marched to my own drum. I've never really been concerned about what somebody else thought about me. And so mm-hmm. for me personally, it'd be like, people call me, I ain't worried about that. You feel some kind of way respond for me. <laughs> what you want me to do? Like I'm going to my real life. And if those same people are not going to say that in my face, what you want me to do? Like I got life to live over here. I don't have time to be reading comments and fighting. I'm like, you getting blocked. Get out of here. Like I don't have time for that energy. And so I think that it will definitely affect you to be a weak-minded person or be a person that's really consumed what other people think. I think if you're a strong-minded person, you know, that just comes with the territory and there's nothing. And half of the people that be talking, they see you down, they got nothing to say. So it's just like everybody is bold and, you know, tough online, but there's nothing. And, you know, everybody be talking their talk when we get in the ring. We got to let them hands go. You know, all the talking got to cease. So what I look like caring about what somebody got to say, show me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a few more San Francisco questions.
1: Sure. <laughs> I also want to make sure, don't let me forget to tell you about my nonprofit organization. I definitely want to touch bases on that before we go.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. You yes, want to do that
1: now? so, um, definitely so. So, um, my sister and I, we founded Ladies in Power. Um, we've been, um, we had our 501c3 for about 10 years now. Um, and it's a mentorship program for young women and young men. And it teaches on a healthy living, um, financial literacy, um, it really touches on my confidence building and our mental health. We decided we wanted to start our organization. It's ladiesinpower.org. You can check us out, um, Ladies in Power, on um, all of social media platforms. And we wanted to create that because we felt like we didn't have that growing up in San Francisco. Um, you know, therapy is really like a taboo subject in our community. Um, mental health issues are very downplayed. No one really had a, bunch, a real sense of financial literacy and so for us, it was really about creating something that we didn't feel like we had. Like I didn't have a mentorship program. to kind of go and say, hey, can I talk to somebody that might be going through something or have the experience and things that I'm experiencing or, you know, just a safe place. And that's why we created Ladies Empower. Power. Um, with the COVID thing, it's kind of, you know, put a damper on things, but we're really excited. Um, next year, we're going to do our fifth annual we'll Find Like a Girl. We're going to this year was enough for Daniel one, but of course COVID happened and we didn't get to do it. Um next year we're gonna also do Gigi Is me. So it's really um about giving back and having that platform to really let young women and young men mm-hmm. know that we're here. We understand and we want to set you up for success and not failure in the future.
0: Mm. So yeah. financial literacy, uh, mental health
1: And in healthy mentorship. living, working out, mentorship type of things. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. What 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 area of the of the country, are you focused on? What, in terms um, of
1: the- San Francisco. I feel okay, like I cool. have to start where I'm from first because that's where I knew the need was, and then continuously have it grow. So it's probably going to start in San Francisco. Well, we've already started in San Francisco, but the headquarters, when we actually do get a location, it'll first start in San Francisco, and then we're going to move to Southern California, and then, you know, God willing, we'll go to different parts of the United States and eventually the world. We mm-hmm. um, just kind of keep planting those seeds, creating the community and really, you know, each one, teach one type of situation.
0: Nice. And so are you, you're prepared now to accept donations also? Yes. So we're um,
1: like, everything is um, tax deductible. They can um, donate online. They can donate by either just kind of donating to an event that we're going to do. They can just donate to the organization. As I said, we have our own um, tax exemption. So if you want to donate and um, get the tax write-off, definitely please support us. You know it's 100% of the proceeds go to our organization and just making a difference. We haven't been funded yet, but the work still has to happen. So, you know, we do everything out of pocket, but God willing, we'll get funded. But, you know, until that day happens, we're still going to be here for our community doing our part.
0: Yeah, I, I, I ran a nonprofit for five years. It was like, ah, when I,
1: nice. When
0: I was on the school, before I ran for school board, I just started a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. That whole grind, um, it's a grind. Yeah. Uh, so it's we, definitely grind. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. You know how to grind. And uh, yeah. So you, you got a professional fighting career. You have a clothing, mm-hmm. a non-profit.
1: Yes. It's hard. But I, I feel like I have to be understanding that boxing is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. I have to be, you know, realistic with the fact that I, you know, I don't want to box for another, you know, five years or something like that. You don't want to box for another maybe, you know, a year or two. But, I'm not going to box forever. I want to be able to pivot. I want to be able to really focus on my nonprofit organization, focus on my clothing brand, and really just focus on the podcast and really just continuously grow. And so what's important that, you know, anybody that's watching this, don't be afraid to create multiple streams of income for yourself and multiple avenues to where you can pivot in different directions if you want to. You don't have to be pigeonholed like I'm more than just a boxer. I'm a fighter, definitely, but I'm more than just a fighter. I'm an entrepreneur, you know. Um, I'm not a nonprofit founder. You know, I'm an animal lover, but there's more to it. So, I definitely want to make sure that I'm tapping on all those different things. I'm probably going to start a travel blog eventually too. Cause I love oh,
0: to nice, blog. nice, nice. Yeah. Wait, wait, okay. Well, do you have a pet now? Do you- I
1: do have a pet. Um, I do have a dog, BB. She's Black Beauty. I don't know where she is. I don't show you to her. <laughs> but, I don't know. She's, well, she's actually right there. BB, come. Ah, right, yeah. So I do. Um, I, I if I wasn't boxing initially, so this is this is my Black Beauty here.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> but, um,
0: What's up, BB? Um, if
1: I wasn't um, boxing initially, I wanted to be a veterinarian. So mm. there's mm. a lot of different things. I told you, I'm always kind of trying to grab knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. So i really love animals a lot and so it's one yeah. of my you know near and dear to my heart i
0: mm-hmm. think they're amazing that that definitely makes you a san franciscan
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes i love
0: them <laughs> that's
1: what's up that's what's up yeah so actually my san francisco questions let me see
0: if i'm um, how frisco i am <laughs> well now nah, i was i was so i was going to ask you about um the music scene before we uh wrapped up and i I want to do a few more things about issues, but I'm not going to keep you past a lot of time. So, so I'm assuming you grew up listening to yeah. I did. Um, who are your, who are your favorite Bay Area artists?
1: My favorite Bay Area artists? Well, growing up, I really liked, you know, I grew up with the keep the snakes. And the Three Times Crazy and okay. uh, RBO Posse. I was young, but my sister loved RBO Posse, and that was kind of where I was from. So that was a mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, you know, shout out to Mr. Fab. That's one of my good friends. Mm-hmm. So I've always appreciated, you know, being rap culture, you know, the mm-hmm. hyphy movement and all of that. Um, so my favorite, I like the up mouth. I used to, like, I'm a rap <laughs> girl. I like all of the videos, rap, yes, rap. I'm a Bay Area girl, shout out to Mac Dre, you know, and I slept on Mac Dre for years, and then I missed his epic, epic show, and heartbroken, and he passed shortly after that. Shout out to Mac Dre, rest in peace. But I'm a Bay Area girl, um, you know, thorough. So I represent all of the Bay Area artists, you know, and, and I love them. And now that I'm not there, and I'm a little older than the artist, some of the new rappers, I'm like, I don't know well, that like, <laughs> one. Someone was telling me about some people, and I was like, "Yeah." Uh-huh. Tell me about Larry June and somebody else. And I was like, "Oh,
0: I have yeah, to like
1: yeah, get yeah, in yeah. the know because <laughs> I didn't know who they were talking about." I'm like, "What?" But yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but, yeah. Shout Larry. Yeah, Larry yeah, out to
1: her and you know Kalani. I just love the mm-hmm. area. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's
0: home. I came across Larry June randomly on Spotify through like uh-huh. some type of like, however they queue yeah. up whoever. And I've been on Larry. I've been listening to a lot of Larry June lately.
1: Yeah. Like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a, somebody I work with, and he listens. He was like, you know, you're from the Bay. You don't. And I was like, who?
0: Uh-huh.
1: He's from Frisco. And I was like, okay. And
0: yeah, he's so now I
1: know a little bit about Larry June because I've heard some of his music. So, you know, shout out to Larry June. You know, I a little bit about
0: him too. What do you miss about the city? I mean, I know you said that you, it's the like. You know, okay.
1: I miss San Francisco food. I think that we have some of the best food in the world. Mm. And I don't think I'm being biased. I've been all around the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that San Francisco has a very unique, good food experience. You now we got cha-cha-chas, we got crustaceans, you know, we got like all of these mom and pop <laughs> places. You know, we're not like really just kind of over-consumed with a lot of the commercial eateries.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: growing up, we didn't really understand that until you move somewhere else. And you're like, oh my God, how many more Fridays? How many more, you know, Applebee's? And we didn't have that growing up, so we got to experience different cultures of food and pretty authentic food. And I will say this, the Mexican food in the Northern California and Southern is totally different. And, and i don't know who's the best number no because when i first moved to southern california i was like what is this like um, it was not right to me and they were like what are you talking about like you don't know street tacos and i'm like no um, so i just think it's different but i really love the food but i don't know maybe i met our Mexican food a little bit we lose a little bit but i still think it's amazing but i think that southern yeah. california maybe got was be just because they're closer to mexico
0: nah yeah yeah i mean they can have that you know but we we got like a burrito thing here and it's that the taco culture is definitely a lot bigger other other places but
1: yeah we have you absolutely right about that i didn't even think about that you just said that we definitely have a burrito culture we Mm -hmm. don't have like a taco culture and the taco culture is like the you know universal type of thing because like i didn't even like their burritos and they put french fries in their burritos and i was like. Mm. What is this? Like, Why would you put a French fry in the burrito? They call it a California burrito. I'm like, Mm. that's a Southern California burrito. (laughs) We don't do that. What? Yeah, so it was weird. Disrespective. funny. How dare you? I was like, why is there a French fry? Uh. But yeah, so I miss, and I'm always going to miss home. Like, I miss the hills. I used to run the hills all the time, Mm. you know, and I just, I miss, I miss the food. I miss the culture, but I miss kind of like the original throwback culture mm-hmm. where you can go to San Francisco and you can meet people from all different walks of life. You know, like San Francisco prepared me for the world. Like I knew about Filipinos and Samoan people mm-hmm. and, you know, different ethnicities and different races. It was like I was pretty much exposed to all of that. So whereas I go? going like, oh, to more. They be like, yeah, how you know? I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah we got some, hope. you know, yeah, yeah, I, I just really yeah. cultured on certain things and you, you get that from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I really hate that sometimes I come home now and it's like gray. It's like, you know, you would get the the goth people and you would get the hippies and you go to the hay street, you know, you would go to Chinatown. There were so many different experiences in San Francisco that, you know, you nothing really surprised you. And now you go and it's just kind of like a lot of the people just look the same. And that's never been the culture in San Francisco. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not like, Oh, I got to move back home because I feel like home has changed so much. It's different.
0: I'm interested in asking about the the types of people that are really into like female boxing and female fighting. Like, so do you watch UFC at all or no?
1: I do. I do. Shout out to my friend, Chris Cyborg. Um,
0: I saw we the I saw the different. sparring. We oh, spar, wow. you know. Yeah. We work
1: we work together pretty frequently, um, so I watch it. Um, yeah. I'm not like the biggest UFC fan, but right. I think they be doing a thing. I love the fact that the women are getting a lot of um, attention, um, a lot of exposure. I think that that's one of the main things missing in women boxing. You know, it's just like it's such a shady, corrupt sport. You have so many shady individuals that's really kind of holding women boxing back. You know, a lot of us are stuck in contracts that are really forbidding us from being able to have big fights or be able to move around with different networks. So a lot of people are constantly like, when are you going to fight? When are you going to fight? I'm in my contract until next year. Unfortunately, COVID extended a lot of our contracts. Mm. So it's a very challenging thing, but I'm sorry. What were you going to say about the UFC?
0: No, just, just what you, I mean, that's what I've observed. Like I I know, I, I watch more, I know more women fighters because of USC. And you know, after Leila Ali, I just kind of like,
1: yeah.
0: You know, I don't really hear about. I mean, for men's boxing too, like Floyd Mayweather was pretty much the only person that you heard about. And then you heard about, you know, Triple G or some of the Pacquiao, mm-hmm. some of the other big names. But there are a ton of fighters, and there's like five you yes. hear about. It, you know, mm-hmm. and then on the women's side, like you know,
1: yeah. And, and I feel like it's really a situation of just like exposure. Because, you know, you can't really make a division of fighters for women if you don't give us the notoriety, if you don't give us the TV space, if you don't give the fans an opportunity to know who we are. Like UFC women fighting really took off once they did the reality show. They did that reality show and then people, because some people aren't really attracted, so to speak, initially to the females fighting. Some people think we don't need to fight, blah, blah, blah. But once you kinda see that we're more than just fighters, you know, shout out to my best friend, Tierra Brown, she's a police officer. You know, it's a lot of dope women that do a lot of dope things that just so happen in the box too. And I think that if we were given a platform to really share who we are and really kinda have the world know, then it becomes more than just a female fighter. You are a fan of Raquel Miller, you're a fan of Tierra Brown, you're a fan of us and we just so happen to fight and then you see how hard we work and you wanna support that. And I think that that was what really opened up the doors for UFC fighters for the women because you got to find out, you know, Ronda Rousey and the Misha Tate, they had their little thing going on. And then Dana White was smart enough to say, you know what, I'm going to promote them exactly the same. I'm going to promote them and, you know, give the world the opportunity to pick and choose who they want to see. And if they are really more interested in this girl fight, I'm putting it as the main event and so on. And so I think that that's like a big thing with women boxing. They're protecting certain fighters. They're only giving certain fighters opportunities um, and it's hurting
0: this sport forward as a whole, I think. Uh, so I'm going I'm to transition into our rapper Fire Round because we're coming to the top of the hour. Uh, I'd like to first thank Miss Raquel Miller for taking the time to do this today. Uh, thank you for having was, me. I appreciate you. She was born a day after Valentine's Day. I was. <laughs> I and as a girl, like a lot of people would be like, oh, do you love your birthday? And I'm like,
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> So. Well you know the city of San Francisco. You're our Valentine every every day, every every week, every year. Thank you. I
1: love my city. I love San Francisco. And I thank, you know, everybody in my city that love me, that support me, that come to my fights, that buy tickets, mm-hmm. that buy merchandise. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, y'all keep me pumped up, you keep me going. Mm-hmm. They be going to war for me online. I told you I'm gonna be reading the comments on my people be sending me God, I just like I love mm-hmm. them, but I appreciate that. It doesn't go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys
0: rapid fire i don't have to ask you if you're ready because you know you, you are ready know. let's go <laughs> okay do you meditate
1: absolutely i try to meditate every
0: day do you have a motto earned not
1: given
0: what personal weakness can you forgive in someone
1: absolutely rapid fire i can forgive <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, oh, you gotta answer quick
1: um,
0: um, i don't know
1: i don't know I, I don't know. i got to come back.
0: Come back. <laughs> come, back come back. Okay. The house is on fire. The family is out. You have to grab three things. What do you grab?
1: I'm going to grab, make sure I grab my dog. I'm going to try to grab any photographs that I can grab. And I'm going to grab my guns. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going
0: to grab. Second yeah. Amendment. Amen. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what I'm going to grab. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, What's one book you would recommend?
1: The Alchemist. I love that book. It's one of my favorite books. It's easy read. It's very good. It's kind of helping you on your path and on your journey and where you are with it. Alchemist. Good book.
0: Read it. Last and final question. Who's going to win the presidential election?
1: I really... I hope Biden wins. The way this country is right now, I really don't know. But I think that no matter who wins this presidential election... Our money is power. You know, our voice matters. I think that get out of the habit of thinking that some politician is going to save you. You got to save yourself. Get educated. You know, get your finances together. Invest. You know, protect your family. Buy some guns. <laughs> necessary to protect yourself. That's my final word.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. I think. This was Raquel Miller. Uh... Undisputed, undefeated. I always wanted to say that. So I, <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. WBA super um super, super welterweight. Uh welterweight champion.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm an intern um super welterweight champion, and I'm soon to be world champion. So, you know, as soon as they open up them them floodgates, it's on. And the world I haven't even got a taste of the Ministry really yet, but they will.
0: Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> Wait for and, that, and that's it. Peace, peace. And thank you for listening to another episode of Cook on Monday Morning. At Cook on Monday Morning, we are building lives that make us excited about Monday morning. We believe that if you can own Monday morning, you can own the week. If you can own the week, you can own the year. And if you change your year, you can change your life. I'd like to thank boxing champion Raquel Miller for sharing her story and taking uh, our conversation in a slightly different direction. She has an important fight coming up, and we didn't talk at all about that. But uh, whoever she's up against, my money's on the pretty beast. I'd like to thank you, also our listeners. I'm grateful uh, for your continued support. Thank you. Please share the podcast with a friend. Uh, help us grow our community of doers. Please also take a minute to subscribe to the podcast uh, on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also uh, take a minute to review it on Apple. It helps people find it. It helps people know that it's worth listening to. And I'd greatly appreciate that. If you're interested in starting a podcast, I wrote an article. It's called How to Start a Podcast During the Pandemic. It goes over all the equipment that we use and uh, offers some book recommendations that I've uh, found useful in getting a podcast off the ground. Uh, you can read the full article. It's in the description below. Cook on Monday Morning is a product of the Luther Harris Holding Company, where we work in partnership to create solutions that drive social impact. Uh, We do that by building strategic partnerships between businesses and government. Uh, We do uh, diversity recruiting to high impact roles within companies, and we help companies drive impact in the communities where they do business. If you'd like to learn more about that, send me an email this uh, info at stevoncook.com. I'd like to thank the people that make this podcast possible. Our videographer, David Topete. Thank you, sir. And our copy editors, Fernando Seco Marquez and Devin Schetchinger. Now, I get up every Monday morning with the intention to create value and showcase my love to the people that keep our cities moving. They are our teachers. School lunch workers, custodians, social workers, firefighters, police officers, EMT workers, garbage collectors, bus drivers, nurses. They are our employers, the folks creating jobs and keeping our economy moving. They are our gig workers, uh, stocking our shelves, driving our ride shares, delivering our food to all of you. This podcast is for you. You live in places like San Francisco, Oakland, Richmond, Antioch, San Mateo, Los Angeles, Dallas, Houston, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Miami, Orlando, the Carolinas, Virginia Beach, Milwaukee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Detroit, Harlem, Brooklyn. Uh, Shout out to our listeners also in Nigeria, Ghana, Jamaica, Kenya, and Ethiopia. To all of you. This podcast is for you. This message is touching the world and will continue to because of you. Until we meet again.